Welcome to the IC Made On podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. All right, good morning. Man, I am so happy to see you guys. So excited to continue week number two of Fearless. Man, it has been a busy weekend. Anyone else have a busy weekend so far? So busy. We were with some of the team out at a club in Maidon on Friday night. We weren't in the club, like, drinking and stuff, but some people from the worship team were, were playing. And, man, it was such an honor to be able to, to be there. You know, as the church, we need to go anywhere and everywhere to shine a light. Amen? So when we have opportunities, man, we're not afraid to go wherever. I'll tell you, the place was so full of smoke, I was worried about speaking today. Like, it was, you know those places where it's like clouds of smoke. Some of the team walked in, and I was just joking, just used my fingers and like, like that, and blue, smoke came out. Because there was just so much smoke everywhere. And then last night, uh, me and, and Nemo and Pastor Adam were at a, a local Natalan for a, a Kamuda in Maidan, and that was exciting, and Pastor Adam had a game, and, and I preached the message, and Nemo sang two songs, one in English and one in Bahasa, so that was really cool, uh, hearing Nemo worship in Bahasa, that was nice, just a great time. It was funny, Nemo from America was singing in Bahasa, and the worship team from Indonesia was singing in English, so it was such a good, such a good connection, but um, anyway, everything, man, I was just excited about today. This is the main event for me on the weekend. So out of all these other things, I was like, man, I need to protect my voice. Like after Friday, I felt like I smoked two packs of cigarettes. It's like, I don't even smoke, but my throat was so, so, uh, feeling so rough. And being out late last night at the Natalan, I mean, it just, it kept going. There were a lot of, a lot of different special songs. So I was like, I just need some rest. So I'm ready to go today. So I had an extra shot from Starbucks, extra shot of espresso. That's giving me the the Holy Spirit plus caffeine, I'm ready to go, right? So we are on the topic of fear and being fearless. So uh, the media team has prepared a video for you just to kind of get us in the mode of thinking about fears, and maybe some of you will relate to this fear. Let's take a look at the, the video. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Give me good, give me good, give me good, give me good. So what? Are you, are you serious right now? I am serious. You're good. I'm not, I'm a grown man. Come on. Okay. I'm a, all right, all right, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. Okay, let's go. He's be straightforward, you be about it. No, we're in the front, we're in the front, we're in the front, we're in the front, we're in the front. Come on, Kevin, you have to do it. Kevin, you have to do it. Come on, we said we can do it. Come on, we got to do Lock me in. Lock me in. Lock me in, man. Come on, drop it in. No, 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 push it further. Stop it! 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 Stop it!
her coolie. Uh, real cool, man. Feel real good. You look like Doc from Back to the Future. You look like you. You look like Marty just came back from 1976, <laughs> and you're mad about what he saw. <laughs> Dude, you did great. I did good. You did great. Let's just. Oh, Here's the good go. news. We're gonna go again. We're gonna what? Man, that never gets old. How many of you like riding roller coasters? Some of you, how many of you are afraid of roller coasters? Man, it scares me to death. I, I've had to ride some. Once you have kids, you have to overcome it. Like, well, we've been in Singapore and go to Universal Studios. My boys made me ride the, what is it, like Battlestar Galactica. Man, it's, we were in line for an hour, so a lot of time to think about how afraid I was to go up there and the worst part is the going up. You know, it's like click, 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 and you're thinking, I'm about to fall. It's so terrifying. I think this relates with fears. For one reason, Kevin Hart was scared to death in that video, but also for all of us, we're born with two natural fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. You know, if any of you have had a baby you know that babies are born with that fear. If there's a sudden loud noise, it, it startles them and makes them afraid. That's something we're born with, the fear of falling. None of us ever have a time in our life where we're okay with just falling. You know, it's, there's, that's born in us. It's a natural fear, just two of them, fear of falling, fear of loud noises. Every other fear we have are fears that we learn along the way because of experiences because of things that maybe have happened. If maybe you went to a, the dentist and had a bad experience and then you're afraid of the dentist, you know? Or maybe you have a fear of tight places. Maybe you have a fear of wide open places. Any of these things, it's because something happened in your life. Last week I talked about a fear of spiders because I had been bit by a spider. That was a learned experience, experience a learned fear. I wasn't born afraid of spiders, but when one bit me, I was afraid of spiders. You see what I mean? There's just the two naturals. Fear of maybe insects like Jimmy Fallon got hit with on the, on the roller coaster. A fear of dogs. A fear of rats. A fear of thunder and lightning. A fear of being alone. A fear of the dark. All of those are learned fears. Fear of public speaking. If you look at the list of uh, number one fears, usually the fear of public speaking is above the fear of death. Have you seen those lists before? People are more afraid of speaking in public than dying. So it means like if you have a choice put before you, for most people, hey, would you stand up and speak in front of the group or would you rather die? I'd rather die, Pac. You know, it, that's the, I'd, I'd rather that. That's terrifying to stand there. Everyone looking at me like you're looking at me right now. That's terrifying. But, it's, you know, so, so many people would rather die. I've shared before, probably with many of you, I ran away from my public speaking class in college because of that fear. I, it was terrifying. I, I left the class, dropped the class, never went back, ran away from it. Sometimes our fears cause us to run away, but we're talking about fears over these next few weeks, and I want us to become fearless. I had another time in my life, not just that class, where I felt like I could run away from some fears. I ran away in high school. When I was a junior in high school, I ran away from home. 
I was gone for about two weeks. I called Ibu Kari. She's hiding in the back because she knew I was sharing this story. We were dating in high school. She's my high school sweetheart. I called her up and said, hey, I'm running away from home. And she said, take me with you. And it was, it was like a... It was like a movie at that point, like, take me with you. And I pull, up, I pull up in front of her house in my red Pontiac Firebird. I think we have a photo of this. Let's see if I can show you a picture of this car. Do we have it? Maybe not. Maybe it will come up later. But uh, I had this red Pontiac Firebird. If you've seen these, these sports cars with the, the bird emblem on the hood of the car, the whole Firebird was on the hood. When I, they came up out, it was so cool. The car was from 1981. This was the 90s. I'm not old enough to have been driving in the 80s, but my car was old. But it was still so cool. And I pulled up in front of the house. Carrie jumped in, and we ran away. She didn't know what she was running away from because I was the one running away. She just came with me. But, oh, there it is. There's my car. See the bird on the front? None of this has anything to do with what we're talking about today other than I had a really cool car once upon a time. There's the bird. Anyway, so I ran away. The, the problem was it didn't make anything better. I had these fears. I had these problems. I was afraid of the, the future. I was afraid of disappointing people, afraid of letting people down. Maybe some of you have those same experiences. Maybe even as a teenager, you can remember what that feels like. I was, I was sort of a, a perfectionist, and it got to a point where I, if things couldn't be perfect, I would rather just give up. Maybe you felt that before. Man, I can't, it, with, with everything, with, with life, with school, with pleasing my parents, all of these things, like I couldn't be perfect, I decided I'd rather just give up. You know, maybe like the fear of failure. Sometimes we feel like, you know what, I'd rather not try than try and not hit it and fail. So, that pressure was too much. I, I wanted to just give up. I ran away from home. Felt like I'd rather just not try. Decided that I could run from my problems. After two weeks, I ran out of the cash that I had because I was only a teenager. And I had to drive back to Alabama. We had gone across three different states in the U.S. and then had to come back. And then the police called us and then had to call our parents. If, if I thought my problems were big before... When your parents have to pick you up from the police station, that's big, that's big problems. That's bigger than what I faced before. And then I was grounded from my car. I couldn't drive my car for probably a year. It was a, it was a big problem. Running away from our fears, running away from our problems, running away from the things we face tends to usually make it worse. It doesn't really help us. Uh, today we're going to look at one of my favorite men of the Bible, Elijah. We're going to look at his runaway story, what happens and what God does in his life and how God helps him with what he did facing some problems. The scripture we'll look at, it starts in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46. And what happens at this time is Elijah has just had this mountaintop experience. You know the story when Elijah took on the prophets of Baal. He told them all, you know, he was telling the people at the time, he was so frustrated with his people that said they followed God, but then also followed other gods, that he said, if, if God is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. He was saying, you can't follow more than one God. 
You have to choose. And he took on these prophets, and he said, you guys call out to your God, I'll call, call out to my God, and we'll see who answers. And the God of Elijah answered in a powerful way, proving to everyone, everyone knew the God of Elijah is the only God. And all of the prophets of, of Baal were put to death. They were all killed. Elijah just had this moment on the mountaintop where the glory and the power of God was right there. Man, he was powerful. He was the man of God. He was full of faith, and God was working. And then after this, in these scriptures, it says that Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. Jezebel was the wife of King Ahab. King Ahab told her what had happened, and Jezebel said, Tell Elijah that may it happen to me if tomorrow you are not in the same place as the prophets of Baal. What he was saying is, what she was saying is, I'm going to have you killed, Elijah. Because of this, you're going to die. And then suddenly we see this, this point in the scripture where Elijah, this powerful man of God who had stood on the mountaintop with God and had seen miracles and had seen his God answer his prayers, it says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Man, think about that for a moment. Maybe that relates with many of you. Maybe you've had a time in your life where you were on the mountaintop with God. Maybe you remember a time in your life where you were closer to him than you even are right now. You remember, man, I remember when God answered my prayers and I saw his power and I saw, I saw how, how mighty he was. And maybe you've, you've fallen from there. Maybe life has gotten busy or maybe some problems faced you and you got afraid. And, you know, we have the mountaintop experiences and then the valleys and the mountaintops. It's sort of like a roller coaster, the ups and downs of life. Here's Elijah in the valley of life. It's not on the mountaintop anymore. He's afraid. He runs, it says. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. He said, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Man, in the face of his fears, this mighty man of God, he was suicidal. I mean, think for a minute. Here's Elijah. Not only was he afraid, not only was he running away, he was depressed, and he was even suicidal. Maybe some of you can relate to this. The same Elijah who we had seen as bold, courageous prophet of the living God, the same one who had shut the reins up in the heaven, the same, ones, the, the same Elijah that God had provided for through the drought, the same Elijah who had seen many miracles, faced the prophets of Baal, he called down fire from heaven and God answered. He receives a death, a death threat and he's afraid and suicidal and he runs away. Can anyone relate with Elijah? Maybe you can relate. You've been afraid in your life. You've wanted to run away from your life. Maybe you've been in that place where you've just been depressed. You didn't want to face another day. Maybe you've been suicidal in your life and just thought, I would be better off dead. That's where Elijah is at this point. I, I don't even want to see another day. Maybe you understand being so afraid and so worried, so anxious, that you just want to run away from life. I think this message, well, I know this message is very relevant for us today. Even after last week, I've had so many confirmations from people that, man, this is exactly what I'm going, for, going through in my life. This is exactly what you need today. This is for you. 
This is from God. This isn't from a message that God has put in my heart to share with you because he wants you to be fearless. We said last week, fear not. Do not be afraid. Be courageous. Those phrases are in the Bible more than 100 times. Want us to live with fear. The Bible is amazing because it gives examples of people we can relate to. People who just like us make mistakes. People who just like us have mountaintop experiences and just like us have the experiences in the low valleys. People who get afraid and run away and get depressed and people who even sometimes might be suicidal. God uses people just like Elijah, just like you and me. God uses people just like you and me. Isn't that awesome? Man, if the Bible was just full of people who were perfect, we would feel like I don't have a chance. You know, if all we saw were the, the Facebook posts of Elijah, you know, it'd be a picture of him on the mountain just defeating the prophets of Baal. Hey, had a miraculous time with God. The next thing, God answered this prayer. You know, in our Facebook posts, we wouldn't put the posts of I'm afraid hiding in a cave, you know, or I, I'm scared Jezebel's going to kill me. You know, we only see the highlights and and. In the Bible, it includes all of it, and that's what helps us. And we can see, like, hey, in this low time, I experienced low times. Probably many of us in here, even though we may have had great experiences with God, none of us in here have probably asked God to send fire from heaven and seen fire fall. But when we read this, we realize, man, that could happen in my life because I'm just like Elijah. So here's... Three things that God says to Elijah that will change your life today. This is in 1 Kings chapter 19, starting with verse 5. Then he, Elijah, lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And even the strongest strength is a limited resource, right? And here, man, we see, I don't know what God fed Elijah, but he ate, and it says on that he was able to travel for 40 days, was it, traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached the destination on that one meal. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't BPK. How many of you feel like going on a journey after BPK? I could have a 40-hour nap, you know, after on that one meal of BPK, Pastor Chris took a 40-hour nap. That would work, but to travel 40 days, I don't know what Elijah ate, but man, it gave him the strength that he needed. We all need God to feed us because there's a time in your life where, you're, where you'll get to a point and feel like, I can't go any further. Or you'll get to a place and say, I've had enough. But you can't run from the life that God has called you to. You need to remember these words that God said, get up and eat. When you're in that point where you feel low and you're scared and you're depressed and you feel like you can't face another day, you need to remember, get up and eat. You need to feed your faith. Feed your faith. 
the word of God is the food of the faithful. You know, in, in Matthew 4, 4, it says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word. God's word is the food of the faithful. We have to feed our faith. In Romans 10, 17, it says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And it's just like this. Elijah woke up, and the food he needed was right there beside us. Man, here in Maidan, Indonesia in 2018, we can have the Bible on our phones, on our tablets, on our laptops. Probably most of us in this room don't have a paper Bible in our hands today because it's so convenient. I have a Bible on here. I can carry my Bible in my pocket. You know, it, we have the food that we need. We have God's word. But we need to make sure that we're doing what God said and get up and eat. Get up and feed your faith. He's prepared everything we need. Even the notes from this sermon are on you version. So later this week, if you're thinking, man, I need to remember that again. I'm feeling, I'm feeling fear again. You could even go on there and just, just have a snack. The, just the points. Okay, that I remember. Get up and eat. Read his word. Feed your faith. Get up and go to church like you've done this morning so you can hear his word. Because hearing builds our faith. When life group season is going on, get up and go to a life group so that you can have your faith fed by other people around you, surrounded with other brothers and sisters to encourage you and lift you up. You know, in our life groups, it's always a perfect mix of people because when you go and you're down, someone in the group is up. And they lift you up with them. Hey, you had a bad week. Let me tell you what God did when I had a bad week. And suddenly we're able to encourage. We're able to feed each other and lift each other up. God was saying, the journey is too great for you. Get up and eat. The journey is too great. None of us in this room were meant to go on this journey of life without God. It's too great for us. No one was meant to walk the earth without God. When we have those points where we're trying to make it in our own strength, we get exhausted. We get burnt out. We get afraid. Any of you in this room that, that have experienced that, you remember, man, I remember what it was like walking without God. It was exhausting. I didn't become a Christian until I was 19 years old. I remember the years right before that. Man, I, it was exhausting. I, I couldn't make it. I I, I couldn't do anything right. I just wanted to run away. I couldn't, I, I couldn't get clean from my sin. There was so much guilt and so much shame, and, and I, I felt like I had no purpose. None of us are meant to go on this journey alone. We need to receive God's power by consuming God's promises. Our fear overwhelms us not because we don't have any faith, but because we aren't feeding the faith that we have. We all have faith. Every one of us in this room have faith. The difference is, are we feeding our faith so that our faith can outgrow our fears? We need, we need a well-fed faith, right? We don't need faith light or faith zero. For some reason, I think I was drinking a Coke at the time. You know, we don't need, we need a well-fed faith. We can't walk in courage if our faith is malnourished. How can you be courageous if your faith is starving to death? When we were in the U.S. a few months ago, Carrie and I were having lunch with a pastor in our, in our hometown there. And we were eating at Cheesecake Factory, if anyone knows Cheesecake Factory. Not a good place to go if you're trying to eat light, you know. 
But on the menu, they have the light side, like for those that are trying to have low calories and low fat. And we were only in the U.S. for a few months, so we didn't want to come back here and everyone we know say, oh, Pastor Chris, I didn't want to hear that. So I was looking for three months in the U.S., always the low calorie, low, trying to be careful, as careful as I could. At Cheesecake Factory, that side of the menu is called Skinnylicious. Skinnylicious. That sounds, it sounds like a word that should never come out of a man's mouth, right? Like, as a man, I did not want to order something Skinnylicious. And I'm sitting here with another pastor. And the waiter comes and asks the other pastor what he wants. He orders something, uh, steak fajitas. Something steak, you know, something manly. Sounds like beef, doesn't it? And I wanted to eat light, so I said, I'll have the Skinnylicious turkey sandwich. It was so embarrassing. Just saying, oh, this guy's ordering like steak. I'll, I'll take the Skinnylicious turkey sandwich. It made me think about this because we can't make it through this life with Skinnylicious faith. You know what I mean? We can't make it with just faith light. We can't make it through this life with a faith that we only feed on Sunday. And how, how much will, will our faith be starving if we're only feeding it once a week? You, you might get through Monday. You guys know how it is. You come to church. Man, your faith is fed. We leave this place unstoppable. We're going out of the doors with our fists in the air. Nothing can stop me. I'm fearless. You might make it through Monday. Tuesday, you start facing some problems again like, whoa, your faith starts getting hungry. Your fears are being built up. Your fears are fed well because every day we face things fear, feeding our, our fears. By Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, when we're thinking like, I got to get back to church on Sunday. I got to get filled back up. Missing the whole idea that we should be feeding our faith every day. You can feed your faith outside of here. You've got to be doing that every day because we can't make it with a skinnylicious faith, we need like a big, fat, well-fed faith, right? We have to have that. Otherwise, we can't make it through this life. Feed the faith that God has given you until the faith is bigger than your fear. You have to feed your faith till it's bigger than your fear. You have to watch what words you're, you're accepting into your life. If we eat words of fear and discouragement or cowardliness long enough, we will become fearful, discouraged cowards in life. If you're facing a situation and you keep telling yourself that it's hopeless, then for you, it is going to be hopeless because you're feeding your fear. And if, you've, if you're facing something right now and you keep telling yourself this is hopeless, then it is hopeless for you. But if you feed your faith, if you feed your faith God's word, then what he says becomes your reality. And if you feed your faith, last week I told you Satan was lying to me and Carrie saying your family is broken. And God told us that's a lie. Your family is not broken. So we were feeding that to ourselves, feeding our faith. Our family is not broken. We, we didn't accept the negative words. We didn't accept the hopelessness. We just believed. Man, we had faith God is going to heal our family. One year went by. Still the family's broken, but we were feeding ourselves. God said, that's a lie. Your family is not broken. We kept feeding our faith. 18 months go by, still broken. At two years, I told you last week, at two years, God healed it. 
we kept feeding our faith. We kept believing God, and that became our reality. Psalms 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart. And that's what we need to do. We need to feed ourselves God's word. The second thing that, that God says to Elijah, the first one is get up and eat. The second one is go out and stand. 1 Kings 19, 9 through 13 says, There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And that's where we are supposed to be. As God's people, we should be standing in his presence, not hiding in the dark. I love this, that I love that God cared about Elijah enough to go to him in the cave, in the darkness, and say, Elijah, what are you doing here? He didn't just decide, well, if he's going to run away, let him run. God went after Elijah. Just like I know in my life, he came after me. For you in this room, I know you had that experience where God came after you where you were. Think about this, Elijah hiding out in a cave, and God comes to him and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? You know, what about that time where we stood together on the mountain? What about you seeing my faithfulness? What about you calling out to me, and, and I answered, why are you hiding out? What are you doing here, Elijah? Go out and stand in the presence of the Lord. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Man, I love that, that God can whisper to us because he's so close. Think about that. If someone whispers to you, you can only hear a whisper if they're near you. God whispers because he is close to you. Even if you, if you didn't realize it and you're afraid and you're hiding in a cave, still God can speak to you through a whisper because he's right there with you. He's near. He's a God that is close. He's not a God that's far away. The, the devil shouts lies but God whispers truth. He didn't need, he didn't need to speak to Elijah through, through the earthquakes or the fire or lightning or any of this. He just whispered and spoke to him because he was right there. And again, he said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Jesus doesn't overpower your fears by shouting louder. He overpowers your fears by calling you closer. Come closer to me. Come stand in my presence. In Scripture, we see darkness like this cave representing ignorance. In the light, it's not as easy to be afraid. In the light, things are more exposed. But we have those times in the, the dark times of our life, and that's when we're afraid. Sometimes our fears can play tricks on our mind. Have you ever experienced that? Man, your fears seem so much bigger, and we imagine the worst-case scenario. I went home. Let me show you this picture of a uh, ceramic Doberman. Does that look scary to anyone? 
my brother bought a ceramic Doberman like this for my stepdad back when we were in high school. I mean, it was like this tall, big ceramic Doberman. But my brother thought he would play a trick on me. I was coming home late from work. I wasn't going to be home till about 11 or 12 that night. Everyone in the house was already asleep. And right inside the doorway, my brother put that ceramic dog facing the door. So I came home at night from work. You know, it's, it's late, it's dark, no one else is awake in the house. I open the door, and there's that dog staring at me. I was scared to death. I know it sounds silly. Just remember, we're looking at this in the daytime. If it was nighttime, you would be scared too. I was frozen. I was terrified. I saw that dog, and my mind was playing tricks on me. I could tell it wasn't real. I'm not an idiot. You know, I could see, okay, that's not real. But still, I was scared thinking, but what if, you know? And then you think of all the scary things you've seen on TV, and suddenly you're imagining, yeah, it looks like ceramic, but what if it comes alive and attacks? You know, you know, you start, your mind plays tricks on you. The fear plays tricks on you. I stood back, I took my shoe off, and I threw my shoe at the dog, knocked it over, and its ear broke off. Then I jumped over on the sofa, climbed around, jumped around the dog, and ran to my room. I was safe. I had killed the ceramic dog. <laughs> my brother later, when he saw that, he was like, what were you thinking? I, I spent a lot of money buying that for our stepdad. Why did you? Yeah, he knew he was trying to scare me, but he's like, why did you think you had to kill the ceramic dog? Yeah, I, I, I didn't have any answer for it. My mind was playing tricks on me. That's what happens in our life. Here's the thing. Satan has no power over you if you are a child of God. Whatever you are facing in your life right now, and I want you to really hear this. Whatever you are facing in your life right now is just a ceramic dog. It has no power over you. It can't hurt you. It can't stop you. Satan can't. All he can do is put things in our way to try to scare us and intimidate us, and here you are, you're chasing after God, and you're going, man, I want to do great things for God, and here's this ceramic dog, and so often in our life, we get stuck right there, because our mind's playing tricks. You know, we try to remember these verses, well, uh, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Um, Jesus promised that he will be with me always. We try to remember, but sometimes because we're not feeding our faith enough, this fear can overwhelm us. And a ceramic dog can keep you stuck right here in your Christian life. I, don't, I can't get past it. it. It could be a sin in your life. Sin does not have power over a Christian anymore. You know, we feel like we're stuck. Man, I can't get past this sin. Jesus saved me. I'm going to get to heaven, but man, I'll never do anything great for him because I can't get past the ceramic sin in my life. I can't get past this dog that's standing right here. And we get stuck there when all along God is saying, fear not, just push past it and go. He's saying, my son has taken all the power. It can't bite you. It can't hurt you. There could be some big problem in your life right now, some, some family situation, and, and you feel like, man, I don't think God can get us past this. And I want to tell you this morning, it is just a ceramic Doberman standing in your path. God can get you past that. He's gotten you past bigger dogs than that in your life. 
You may have a financial situation and you feel like this is the end. It's just a ceramic dog. It can't stop you. Satan is just trying to intimidate you. He's trying to scare you because this is what Satan knows. He knows he can't take your salvation away from you. So what he tries to do to Christians is get them to run and hide in a cave. Because if you are a Christian hiding in a cave, you won't make a difference in this world. And you may get to heaven one day, but when you get there and you're like, man, I didn't really do anything. Just imagine that. This is the time where God's saying, hey, fear not. Be courageous. Push the ceramic dogs out of your way and keep chasing after me. Keep moving. Get out of the cave. Get out of the darkness. Whatever you're facing can't touch you. It can't hurt you. Can I ask someone from the worship team to come up? We can't run away from our destiny and hide in a dark cave. God has big plans for your life. And this whole message, I know God put it in my heart because he knows you're facing some things that are holding you back and he wants you to know that thing has no power over you. Push it aside and keep going. That problem, push it away. That sin, just move it out of your life. It has no power. It can't bite you. It can't stop you. You don't have to try to kill a ceramic dog. You just push it out of the way and walk past it. Fearless. Because you know that your God is faithful. You know that because he's always been faithful. You've been on the mountaintops with him. When you're in a valley, you just have to think back to the mountain till you get back up there. I remember right after, right after my salvation, right after Jesus saved me, 19 years old, I was already married, already had a one-year-old daughter. And man, I was so excited. Jesus saved me. He forgave my sins. I felt clean for the first time. And then this problem faced us in our life. And it was a big problem. Man, I was scared to death. It was a big ceramic dog. But back then, I didn't know that it had no power over me. I ran and hid. I was a new Christian, but I ran and hid. I was hiding out, and I remember during that time, man, it was as if I was in a dark cave. I didn't go to work anymore. I had a job. I just quit going. I was so depressed. I was so broken. I just wanted to stay in my bed. And at night, I would pray, God, please don't let me wake up tomorrow. I don't want to face any more of this. Maybe some of you have been there. Man, I'm scared. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't want to get up, God. Just bring me. You saved me. Just take me back up there with you. Just take me home. And I remember God, just like this, this experience with Elijah, God was saying, Chris, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You just stood in my presence. I just saved you. I just washed all your sins away. Why are you hiding in a dark cave? That's what God's saying to you this morning. If you're hiding out, if fear is, is controlling you, if fear is, is, is keeping you from your destiny, your God is saying to you this morning, my daughter, why are you here? Why are you hiding in this cave? You know I'm faithful. My son, what are you doing here? What has made you run away? What has caused you to quit? What has chased you away from your destiny? What are you doing here? Get up and eat. Go out and stand. And the last thing God says is go back. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 14 through 15. This is when God has said to him, hey, what are you doing here? 
And Elijah answered, we read earlier, basically Elijah tells him his problem. Man, I have been zealous for you, but your people have rejected you. They burnt the idols. They burnt the altars. They killed the prophets. Now they want to kill me. And God says again to him, what are you doing here? And then Elijah tells him the problem again. They want to kill me. Man, I talk to so many people like that. You know, come with, to me with a problem and like, here's what you need to do. And what are you still doing here? And then they want to just repeat the problem again. Well, go out and stand. Yeah, but they want to kill me. Get up and eat. Yeah, but they want to kill me. So we keep feeding the fears. Keep feeding the problems. And God finally says to him, when he, Elijah says it again, I've been zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me. The Lord, uh, the Lord said to him, verse 15, Go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king of, over Aram. I love this, that God was telling him to go to a physical place. But God was also saying, hey, Elijah, go back. Go back the way you came from. Go back to where you were powerful in my presence. Go back to that place where you had faith. Go back to that place where you felt my power. Go back to that mountaintop. Elijah, from here, go back where you came from. If you're facing some fear today, God is saying, hey, go back to that time when God saved you. Go back to that time when he answered your prayer. Maybe just in your mind, maybe in your heart, remember that moment with God. If you're in a low place right now, go back to the place where you knew what your purpose was. Go back to that place where nothing was more important than God. Go back to your first love. Go back to the one that saved you. Go back to that place where you were fearless and live there, not in a cave. You weren't created to live in a cave. You were created to shine in the presence of God. 